Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to WineSwap. Today we're going to talk about the Chilean wine landscape because it's far more than just Maipo. It's even more than Valle Central. And so we should tackle the whole country. In order to tackle the whole country, we really need to understand the legal structure for their appellations and label terms. So let's invest this episode in the structure of Chile's appellation. So first we need to see the big picture of how the regions are defined and when it all started. The Denominación de Origen system was defined in Agricultural Decree number 464. It passed in 1994, but it was actually put into practice in 1995. Then it had a major revision in 2012 and another one in 2018. The system created four categories or tiers of DOs that are increasingly more specific geographically. The top one is Región Vitícola or Viticultural Region. Underneath that is subregion. Underneath that is zone. And then the smallest is area. In 2012, along with the addition of the sixth region viticola, the decree added terminology describing the major climate influences, which end up being sort of these north south columns. Uh, the first one, influenced by the ocean, is Costa. Then there is the region uh, that is between the coastal range and the Andes influence, and that's called Entre Cordilleras. And then there are those areas that are specifically influenced by the mountains, the Andes, and that they are called Andes. In the latest revision, a new category was also created called Secano Interior, and we'll deal with that more later. Viticultural regions, the big buckets, there are six in total. And from north to south, they are Atacama, Coquimbo, Aconcagua, Valle Central, Sur, and Austral. The six viticultural regions have a total of 15 subregions. Uh, so all of them have a sub, at least one subregion except for Austral. All of them also have, including Austral, uh, the smallest of the DO specifications, the areas, which you could think of as communes, villages. In Spanish, they, it's comunas. And each comuna will fall into one of the, what I call, columns of influence, because each of the viticultural regions is divided between Costa, Entre Cordilleras, and Andes. If it has all three effects, there are a few places that only have two. And the areas or comunas are going to be listed by whether they are in the costa or the andes etc so let's go back to our viticultural regions and talk about the ones that have subregions atacama has two subregions valle de copiapo and valle del huasco coquimbo has three subregions valle de chuapa valle de elqui and valle de limari Aconcagua has three subregions. These are going to sound a little more familiar to most of you, especially the first one, Valle de Casablanca, Valle de San Antonio, and Valle del Aconcagua. Valle Central, which is of course on the top of everybody's mind because that's where the majority of the Chilean wine scene is found, even if it is not the only place great wine is made, is divided into the four subregions of Valle de Curico, Valle del Maipo, Valle del Moale, Valle del Rapel. And then uh, Sur has three subregions. 
Valle del Biobio, Valle del Itata, and Valle de Mayeco. This is where a lot of the innovation is happening, uh, all the way in the south, and then also way up in the north in Coquimbo. Lots of really cool things happening, especially for white wines in the Costa regions. Okay, so now that we have this all laid out, I think it would be really great if we sort of uh, laid out some more specific things. For instance, each of these subregions could possibly have official zones. All right, so let's deal with the subregions that have official zones. Valle de San Antonio has Valle de Leda as a zone. Valle de Curico has two zones, Valle del Lantue and Valle del Teno. Valle del Muale has three zones, Valle de Claro, Valle del Loncomilla, and Valle del Tutuven. And then Rapel, Valle del Rapel, has two zones as well, Valle del Colchagua, which we've all heard of, and Valle del Cachapual. So, so now you've heard at least all of the viticultural regions, all of the subregions, and all of the official zones. It gets a little crazy when we start talking about areas, but let's just take one of these places and take it from top to bottom as an example. Uh, and so the easiest one to use is Valle Cochagua because it has everything. It's in the Valle de Rapel as a subregion, which is in Valle Central as a viticultural region. It has the following areas or comunas divided into those columns of influence. The Costa area comunas dios are Lolol, Litueche, Paredones, Pumanque. Then Entre Cordilleras has the following comunas Nancacua, Santa Cruz, Apalta, famous for Cloapalta, Palmilla, Peralillo, Machique, and La Estrella. The Andes Dio areas are San Fernando, Chimborongo, and Los Lingues. So that's a lot of names, and that's a lot of things to remember. You're certainly going to need to look it up and read them for yourself to remember them, but hopefully this is helping you put it in some sort of dartboard-like situation where your mind can imagine the viticultural regions and then the narrowing areas underneath them. But what's on the label really starts to matter, so let's talk about that for a couple of minutes here. And the official rule for Chilean wine for location, grape, and vintage is a single percentage, 75%, to qualify on the label. But that won't work when you're exporting to the European Union, and so most properties just live by the EU law of 85% across the board. That just makes it easier for them, and honestly, that's better for us as consumers as well. If you want to put Costa, Entre Cordilleras, or Andes on a label, because you can add that, if it's 85% of the grapes coming from that specified designation. So you can't have 40% of the grapes coming from Entre Cordilleras and 60 from Costa and you still use the Costa terminology. There's also some legal terms that are allowed on labels. And what I mean by legal is meaning they have legal standing, but they really don't have a practical expectation. And this is something really important to know. When you see one of these terms, it's not a guarantee of quality. It's not a, a hierarchy like it is in other places. They're just terms that are allowed to be on labels, and each winery gets to define them themselves. So they are these. Reserva, Gran Reserva, Reserva Especial, Reserva Privada, Gran Vino, Selección, and Superior. Not all the grapes that are grown within Chile 
are allowed to be varietally bottled, even though the law is 75% or 85, whichever one they're following. You, If you're making a red wine and you want to use a varietal label, if you want to label it Cabernet Sauvignon, that's fine. Uh, you can also label Cabernet Franc, Carmenere, Malbec, Merlot, Morved, Nebbiolo, Petit Verdot, Pinot Noir, Sangiovese, Syrah, and Zinfandel. You can use the following white grapes for varietal wines as labeled. Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc, Gewürztraminer, Marsan, uh, Muscatel or Muscat d'Alexandria, Muscatel Rosada, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Riesling, Roussan, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Torontel, Viognier, and Pedro Jimenez. Note that the most widely planted historical grape of Chile is not included here, Pais, or Mission grape. Well, that's where the recent edition of the Secano Interior Dio comes into play. It was created to highlight dry farmed, a lot of really old vine, Pais, and Sanso vineyards that were in mostly the Entre Cordilleras area uh, of influence between Rio Matequito in Maule and the Bio Bio River down in the Bio Bio Dio. There's now this entire subculture surrounding these wines and, and they're becoming ever more popular as people start to look at alternative options from all kinds of countries. There's so much to learn about Chile. There's so much to absorb here. Hopefully this will inspire you to go and get the data and look at it for yourself. Until next time.